Hi, welcome to episode four of the TA Report. My name is Matt Clark. I'm the chief exec of Hire Window, and as always, I will be your host today. I had a great conversation last week with Juliet Eccleston, uh, who is our guest for this episode. Juliet is not a recruitment leader per se. She's not a recruitment director or manager, etc. She is instead a, a co-founder and CEO of a rec tech business called Anygood. Um, We had a fascinating conversation. Uh, We talked about what drove her to enter the world of recruitment technology, um, what any good is all about, and what she thinks the future of the HR technology ecosystem might look like. Um, Often I think that, you know, some of the most interesting perspectives can come from people who haven't spent their careers in recruitment or in uh, human resources or whatever it is that you want to call it within your organization. Um, Like I say, it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I hope you do too. Uh, Without any further ado, I will introduce Juliet. Eccleston. Hello, welcome to episode four of the TA Report. I am here in a WeWork office of all places. Um, today is a different episode. As I explained in the introduction, we are talking today to a rec tech entrepreneur rather than uh, a talent acquisition manager, leader, director, whatever it is you want to call it. So without further ado, I would like to introduce uh, Julia Eccleston. Hi. Um, so for the benefit of our listeners who may be familiar with you but may not, mm-hmm. uh, given you haven't spent the majority of your career in the recruitment industry, mm-hmm. perhaps I could ask you to just give a short background to yourself, an introduction to your career thus far, and then we'll switch gears and we'll talk about any good, which sure. is your current venture. Yes. Um, so my background is all in delivering large-scale technology change programs, um, generally in big corporates and government-type environments. Um, started with that back in 96, um, the days of when Hotmail just launched, things like that, so quite a while ago, um, business analyst up to project manager and then uh, was freelancing for 17 years, um, working for companies like Legal and General and Fidelity Investments, BBC, Sainsbury's, those mm-hmm. kinds of companies. Um, so quite large scale change, um, building teams and hiring people and also being a candidate myself and that's kind of... Um, the experience that drove me towards any good really. Mm. So let's switch gears then, let's, let's talk about that. So I don't know whether to start with a description of the, the platform or kind of your journey to, to perhaps founding it. I think maybe mm. let's start with the latter because mm. um, you know I know that a lot of startups are born of uh, frustration. They are born of um, someone going through, if it's a recruitment product, a recruitment process that they hated and thinking surely this can be be done better mm-hmm. maybe a hiring manager thinking this is really not a great experience yeah so uh, help, help me understand help our listeners understand mm. how you kind of came up with the idea of any good what that idea is uh, I guess and when you decided to go for it basically. Sure. yeah um, so yeah funny you should mention frustration <laughs> um, so yeah, as a hiring manager, I, um, I was, as I say, building teams and needing to find great candidates. And the best way that everybody always knew to do that was through recommendation um, rather than perhaps uh, traditional routes. Um, and um, the thing that I found that was tricky was getting the volume of recommendations that I wanted. It was always based on the network that was close to me rather mm. than an extended network. Um, and through hiring through um, some agencies, there are some great ones out there, but there are also some that do the industry a disservice. Sure. Um, I found that there was a significant amount of agencies where I felt that the value for the money that we were paying um, didn't 
didn't match, mm. that the quality of candidates were, wasn't what I was expecting. They were significantly low in terms of really understanding what we needed. Um, and uh, the efficiency of the process just mm. wasn't there. It would take several weeks for you to get candidates through and actually I needed to reach out to people and get people in quickly to mm. deliver the kind of projects I was working on. Um, around the same time as sort of that frustration building, that kind of frustration collided with th other things happening in, in other markets mm. like um, uh, Uber and Airbnb and all of the sharing economy mm. movement started and, and I started to take note of that and thinking um, about the whole idea of reputation as a currency and what these platforms were doing and thinking why, why hasn't this happened in the recruitment industry? Mm. Is there not something that can be done here around the efficiency that seems to be gained in other industries, um, better value for money, direct access, transparency, all of these things that mm. why people like using sharing economy platforms. Um, and yet there was this, what seemed to me like an old out of date industry that wasn't quite there in terms of um, leveraging those mm. kinds of things. Um, so probably back in around um, 2009, uh, 2010, uh, it was very much focused on working on a proposition, uh, it, but more with the idea of if somebody was going to do this, this is kind of what they should do. Sure. So it was a bit of a theoretical question yeah. I was playing with um, and started to build that out um, and then started to talk it through with a lot of hiring managers. I was also working alongside, I was, um, it was very useful to have access to HR directors yes. and um, diversity and inclusion leads, those kinds of things to really knock it around. Um, and then just started to build on it and um, and, and kind of went from there really. Mm. Um, so in um, 2015, 16, I started to work with a couple of other people. I'd worked with Back at Egg mm -hmm. um, and we, um, we started to uh, really draw out the proposition, what would a pricing model look like and tested that out before even building the platform mm. um, with clients, just with a closed network of people. And then in 2017, we launched our pilot uh, with a platform mm. um, and, and went from there. So it's an idea you've been playing with for nearly a decade yes. at the end of the day. Absolutely. And so you've kind of tested it in, in a closed environment, which is, for those listening who haven't started a startup before, a very wise thing to do uh, <laughs> before, before taking the plunge. Where is the, the platform at currently then? So mm. what is the kind of the summary of, I suppose, the mission and the vision for what it is you're trying to achieve? How is it different to, for example, a, a LinkedIn where you can sure. ask for recommendations if you, if you want to? Yeah, so the, the mission that we started was to bring fairness and integrity to the recruitment industry. And, and that kind of mission has stayed with us and has mm. driven all of the decisions that we've made around what should we do with the product um, what shouldn't we do with the product? What, um, uh, how should it work? What are our processes? Um, and and completely down to the, the product design itself. Um, and so 2017 was kind of our pilot year where we had a network of closed network of members that we restricted it to, and the same with clients. And we basically spent that year monitoring the behaviour of members to make sure that we really understood what happens when you reward people for doing something, yeah. um, what, how does that work, do people um, put candidates forward that aren't appropriate, are mm. we over rewarding, are we under rewarding, will members recommend other members to join, how will the network grow organically, um, and so all of those things we learned from um, and refined the proposition and then last year was our first sort of commercial year really where we started to get some revenues through and really working on 
on the product um, based on much stronger foundations because of the, the mm. amount of testing we've done. Yeah. Um, and in terms of how we're different, it's very much based on the, the principles of, uh, of the sharing economy. So things like reputation as a currency. Mm -hmm. uh, so when a client shares a role with us and members recommend candidates directly to the client, directly into their in internal hiring team, the client has the opportunity to rate the quality of each of those recommendations, just like you would rate your Uber ride. Okay. Um, and we also share value back with our members. So uh, a client will pay a fee only if a candidate is hired, and then we share that with the member that recommended the candidate. And we also have a, a means of sharing profit for any kind of activity that a member does. Uh, so it's much more of a community-based mm. um, activity, much more of a... Uh, a true sharing economy model mm. rather than it just being um, sort of something on LinkedIn where you you, you ask for a recommendation sure. because you know somebody at a company which yeah. drives a different kind of behavior yeah and so really it's it's based on an awful lot of um, monitoring the behaviors as I say to make sure that we've really nailed it to mm. get the right kind of candidates for mm. the right kinds of roles because I imagine the last thing that you you want to create is some kind of wild west yes approach where yeah. Uh, you know, recommendations are being thrown out willy-nilly and it's just adding to recruiters' headaches, Yes, absolutely. We, we definitely don't want to throw 100 CVs at an mm. internal hiring team. They get enough of that mm. uh, from other sources. And so it's very important to us to have um, a small but incredibly good shortlist of candidates mm. to mm. send through. When I say small, so for example, we would have, at the moment, we've, we've recently shared a program manager role uh, and within 48 hours we had 10 candidates okay. uh, they were all of great quality um, incredibly experienced people mm. and so we turn things around very quickly because we're directly into the right kinds of talent pools mm. people know who they're around everybody is so well connected today that yeah. it's easy to get in touch with people you know um, and uh, and they also won't recommend people if they don't believe that they're the right kind of people for the role sure. because their own reputation depends yeah. on it on yeah. the platform and, and you mentioned there kind of the, the talent pools that you're mainly playing in. Mm. Let, let's, let's expand on that. So mm -hmm. you mentioned there a, a sort of a program manager role. Um, we, we were talking before we started recording about the, the level that any good is focused on. Yes. What, what kind of role can an employer put on? Um, onto, onto yeah, anything. I mean, it's, it's open, to, open to all roles, so we mm -hmm. don't have any specific restrictions. Um, but our pricing model and the kinds of people that are on there and the... Um, where people find the most value out of recommendations mm. tends to be at um, either, se the more senior hires mm. um, tends to be at um, roles where it's 50,000 and above mm -hmm. or contractor rates 500 pound a day and above. That Where it's those kinds of levels, there's an immediate um, uh, value from a cost perspective. Mm. Um, however, we have had roles for below that just because they've really wanted a recommendation rather than it being um, sort of going out onto a job board. Mm. Um, so we have had some lower grade roles as well, um, but purely if you were looking at it at a cost perspective, um, it would be anything 50,000 and above. And because we have a flat fee, the, the higher the role, then actually the better your cost benefit. Um, sure. we've, we've been placing roles for sort of CTOs and COOs and, and a lot of senior roles, as well as more technical subject matter experts as well, mm. where, where it's hard to find talent. That makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. And so, I mean, now you're kind of talking through it, this idea of a, a crowdsourced recruitment referral platform seems uh, strangely obvious, uh, you know, and, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way, because I think a lot of startups are founded on ideas that are strangely obvious once they've been executed Absolutely, on. Absolutely, yeah. 
how have in-house recruitment professionals been reacting to this? Is it kind of a sense of finally someone has made this or, oh, I never thought of that, or somewhere yeah. in between? Yeah, so I think um, f- because we've not, we're not inventing anything new, mm. recommendations have been out there. We're not trying to say, this is a new way of doing things. All we're saying is, here's a way to scout recommendations. And so once we're able to have a conversation with internal hiring teams, um, then uh, and, and they see how simple it is. I think often there's a lot of HR tech out there. A lot of you know HR um, uh, departments have quite a, a tricky job at the moment with understanding what should their tech stack be, what should be included in their ecosystem, because there are so many options out there. So I think people automatically assume it's more complicated than it is. Mm. Uh, and actually, when we just say it's it's just recommendations at scale, it's what you're already trying to do, but we've got a platform for you. Mm. Um, it makes it much more easy and, and, um, and yeah, there's, there's been some um, great case studies that we've had as a result. Because mm. I, I have seen, uh, in my days as an in-house recruiter AXA, I, I believe at a point they were considering implementing a tool where anyone internally could uh, tap into their LinkedIn network and, and sort of recommend friends. But it mm. was exceptionally hard to actually implement. Yes. Um, you have a very major kind of internal comms piece there. We have to basically tell thousands of people that now exists. Yes. Um, and it, it was difficult to tell whether it was going to work over the fact that people already knew they would get a reward if yes. they actually referred to us. But yeah. Whereas you're doing is kind of flipping that on its head and saying, you are not dependent on the network of your internal talent. You That's are right. dependent on the network of the kind of the very curated list of users that, that we have built. Yes. And therefore that's more powerful, I think, for a lot of businesses in lots of ways. Yes, yeah, and we're actually um, uh, not sort of restricted to our own crowd either. Mm. So moving forwards, um, as we go through the year, we're, we're looking at piloting employee referrals or mm. more talent pool referrals. So wherever companies or organisations already have um, a database of people that they're perhaps not accessing efficiently um, to recommend candidates for roles, then they will be able to port that into our database. Mm. Um, we will be able to just use our, our platform as it's being used at the moment. And if those people can't find anyone, then it can tip over into our external network. So we almost end up with a crowd of crowds where yes. there's individual crowds serving different needs mm. depending on different clients. Mm. Uh, but ultimately also with this external network that can be utilized if their own talent pools can't find people. Mm. Um, but it is incredibly hard to maintain engagement with talent pools and that's one of the difficulties I think that companies have is maintaining that interest and that that communication Mm. because if it's only ever about roles it tends to be uh, Mm. something that people switch off from Um, whereas if that's externalized and we can manage that then it becomes a lot easier for Mm. an internal hiring team to just receive the candidates through because we monitor the quality. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. So, I mean, you're you're obviously trying to build a tool that hopefully forms a major part of many in-house recruitment teams' future yeah. um, HR tech stack, their ecosystem. Absolutely. As you, put it. you you probably therefore have relatively strong views on what the future of recruitment technology and recruitment functions look like. Mm. Maybe you don't. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> um, what, what what do you think in five to ten years? The recruitment process looks like for a world-class in-house team what kind of tech are they using what different tools they're using to today yeah i mean i think i think it won't be one thing i think that's one of the um the, the misconceptions from a lot of uh, people that are out there saying that they've got the one solution that's mm. going to knock everything else out and all you need to use is this one thing and, and your hiring problems will be solved mm. forever i think um hr tech working more as an ecosystem alongside 
um, some element of traditional intermediary is, is a really good way for companies to work and we've found that work much better with the organisations we're working with where they really understand the different solutions that are at their disposal and not having one particular solution that they rely on for everything. Yes. Um, so it may be that, um, that there are grab platforms that they need to use or it may be that for a very specialist role there is um, uh, somebody that needs to work on that as a traditional agency mm. or they may want a fuller service model rather than just introductions. Mm. And so I think really understanding what it is that, um, uh, that an ecosystem that can build around uh, an internal hiring team um, is where a lot of the, um, the solutions will happen. The thing I think to be wary of is where there are a lot of HR tech that um, seems to be attractive just because it's new technology. Yes. Um, and so there's, there's an awful lot of um, robo and mm. AI and things like that, which I think um, they will absolutely start to come into the fore, but it's very mm. early days for those things. Mm. And so I think trying things out with pilots and bringing those things in, as I say, to more of an mm. ecosystem, um, uh, where they work alongside other things and you can compare what are the results from mm. all of these different routes mm. uh, will be key. I think, I think you know, I, I definitely agree with that. I think the point around there's not going to be a solution that fixes every problem mm. is, is entirely the right attitude to, to take towards it. So you've mentioned grad platforms there. Mm. Hiring graduates is entirely different mm. to hiring a senior executive. Yes. You may put them through similar processes in terms of an untrained eye looking or going to interviews whatever else it is but actually they are, they are fundamentally different skill sets actually yes. from, from recruiters as much as anything and for me the big challenge for an in-house recruitment team over the course of the next five to ten years is, is to kind of curate that list of technology tools that they use mm. really tightly yes. um, and create candidate experiences and candidate journeys that aren't fragmented because mm. I think that's where in recruitment technology people have gone wrong over the last five years yeah. is in-house recruitment folk are a bit like magpies in my opinion I used mm. to be one of them they see something shiny <laughs> yes. and they go after it and yeah. I'm as guilty of that as anyone else but you kind of go well that's great that's great that's great yes. and you bolt things on yeah. and you don't think about the overall sort of candidate experience yeah. and journey so for me that's the, that's the big challenge over the next five to ten years is how yes. do you create a really beautiful intuitive end-to-end -end experience yes. um, given the fact that you're not probably not going to find one tool to do everything for you yeah. for every different type of And I think, you know, certainly from my programme delivery days, one of the things that worked incredibly well there was having, rather than thinking of people as suppliers, having them work together much more as partners so that, so that we can, we're all specialists in our own areas. So I truly believe that there is a place for crowdsourced talent mm. in, in every company. I, I think that's something that will absolutely start to happen in the same way as Airbnb is a norm now. Mm. Uh, Uber is a norm now. These things will start to become uh, much more normal, um, and and sharing economy is is pretty much across every industry. Um, so, within that ecosystem, you know, we can be learning a lot from each other, and um, and in in terms of how to better connect all of these platforms together, so mm. it becomes much more seamless mm. um, and easier for the hiring managers. Because ultimately, from what I see, there are you know there there are incredibly um, at time poor people and mm. so they have an awful lot of activities to do and mm. if they can get their ecosystem working much more um, fluidly together and as partners then that can only help the ultimately the candidates and the quality mm. of what's coming through mm. um, so that's that's the kind of thing that I'd like to see more of really is you know we because of being mm. a startup we tend to have great conversations with a lot of HRDs and a lot of internal recruitment teams 
because we're able to flex and be nimble around our solution. Mm. Um, and I think if they got more of us in a room together that, and yes. then chosen partners, then then we could probably do more in the broader, uh, broader yes. piece for them as well. Yes, yes, I think I think that's true. I think that the that, that kind of curated sort of group of services yes. that a recruitment team comes to rely on has to get them to a point where they can spend more of their time doing the things that add real value. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, because you've mentioned there, recruiters are time-starved people. Yes. It really doesn't have to be that way. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, there, there is um, as many hours in the day for a, an in-house recruiter as there is for anyone else yeah. uh, in any role, and there is no need to spend, I think, the amount of time that most in-house professionals do spend on admin tasks that, frankly, are usually a long way below their pay grade, etc., yes. etc. Yeah. Et and, and for me, that that's kind of, I guess, one of the most exciting consequences of the mm. changes we might see from recruitment technology over the next few years is that, well, actually, if we are freeing up that time, if we're automating processes in a, in a really intuitive way, what does that actually allow a really good resourcing business partner, resourcing manager to go and do with the business um, yes. in an advisory type consulting position internally? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So you, um, your, your, your background, obviously, in project delivery and, mm. and technology, um, now you're running a startup, so mm-hmm. kind of deep, deep in the tech world. Is there a piece of technology, other than maybe any good, that, <laughs> that you think, a, a technology or a trend, let's say, yes. that you think has um, not really caught the eye yet of most in-house recruitment professionals that maybe will be a bigger deal than perhaps people people realise, something that's coming down the pipe that no one's talking about? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the thing that I, I see a lot of HR tech out there, whether it's um, video interviewing or services that help remove bias from CVs or um, CVs that suddenly that aren't word documents are suddenly pictures. You know, all of these different things that are claiming to to be the one thing. Um, but f- from the work that we've done and um, the, the diverse range of people that we've worked with, I mean, we, we recently did some did around hosted a round table uh, where we had an amazing group of, um, of diverse people mm. from uh, many different underrepresented groups and we basically redesigned the recruitment process end to end and it was fascinating because it's it's again it's not one thing so I think that the trend is going to be and I hope it's going to be around making things um, more versatile for different types of people mm. um, so having one process that's um, a video interview isn't necessarily appropriate mm. for every single candidate and you won't mm. get the best out of every single candidate. Mm. So my, the thing that I would like to see more of is a flexibility of approach for candidates mm. so candidates can have more of a decision around how would they prefer to apply mm. um, and making it so that candidates aren't forced down one process mm. uh, but it may be that they might want to show their CV in one way, it may be that mm. they would like to video, it may be that actually in an interview context if they were to see the uh, questions up front that would be a lot easier for them Mm. and they would show their better self Mm. and how they're actually going to perform in their role Mm. so for me it's less about as I say directing everybody down one process and that's Mm. going to be a great new bit of tech it's more about the flexibility of Mm. allowing candidates to um, show uh, their real value Mm. uh, so that clients can get a real picture of what people Mm. are like Mm. Um, rather than what they're all like under one circumstance. Yes, and that's a really, I think it's a difficult balance to tread, isn't it? Because you Mm. want parity and you want fairness in a recruitment process and you Mm. don't want someone to get an upper hand as such over someone else for any reason because they chose one route or another. But you're absolutely right. The fact of the matter is that some people perform 
wildly better in a face-to-face interview than others, yes. uh, come across far more confident on the phone than others, it doesn't necessarily relate to how they're going to perform in a, in a job. Yes. Um, so yeah. it, I think that's a really interesting point about how can you create a fair, rigorous recruit- recruitment process for one role yes. with candidates doing slightly different things yes. but ending up with the same kind of 360 degree picture. Exactly. Because um, yeah, a, a consistent so. process does, isn't necessarily an equitable process. Um, True. And yeah. so that's that's really what's... Uh, and, it, and it's... Although obviously there's a massive... Um, a massive plus from uh, from a perspective of underrepresented groups and making sure that you um, get to see new talent that you might not have seen before and people get through based on meritocracy. Actually, it just makes massive commercial sense from a client perspective mm. to get the best talent that they possibly can get. Um, and so that's what we're interested in really is how to get the best quality candidates mm. um, from the broadest pool. Uh, possible mm. Mm. and make sure that they, they show their best selves to clients um, so that, that's a really interest to me moving forward Absolutely. awesome awesome um, so that's probably enough questions from me if people want to see more <laughs> about any good where, where do they go how do they get in touch with you how do they how do they learn more about the platform sure so our um, website is simply anygood.com mm-hmm. um, but people can connect with me on LinkedIn uh, I love to talk to people about uh, any thoughts that they have on the proposition I'm happy to connect personally mm-hmm. uh, so feel free to find me at uh, Juliet Eccleston LinkedIn there's not many of me so it's very easy of course <laughs> great um, Juliet thank you so much for joining us thank you hey guys thanks for listening hope you enjoyed that i thought it was fascinating obviously make sure you check out any good um, and see if there is anything that they might be able to help you with when it comes to your talent acquisition efforts uh, please also check out higher window if you are hiring stem graduates. Uh, We are a recruitment technology startup connecting the next generation of STEM leaders with the world's most innovative organizations. So if that sounds like you, then please get in touch. And of course, let me know what you thought of this podcast episode, or indeed get in touch if you would like to be a guest or talk more about the TA report. You can find me on LinkedIn really easily. Just search for Matt Clark, or you can email me on matt at hirewindow.com. That's H-I-R-E window.com. Until next time, Have a good day.